two, one. Yeah, happy, happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yay, Happy New Year, guys. Happy 2021. Welcome back. We survived back. 2020, guys. We are still here. Thank, uh, thank you guys for joining in. Welcome back to the Demonic Phoenix Show. I'm um, Shelly. I am Derek. It has been... We had about a half a year of shows so far. Yeah. And we just want to say welcome back, guys. Welcome to a whole new year. A whole new mind frame for everyone. Let's just reset ourselves and yes. have the best shows we can possible going forward. Yes, and uh, heads heads up right now, guys. I will definitely be emotional through this entire podcast because um, we are still remembering... Uh, John Huber. John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Um, it's been tough. It's just weird for me because it's like I barely... I've barely known him, but it goes to show you how much of an impact he's made on fans, new fans, uh, old fans, but yeah. So, over the past uh, week or so, yeah, well, more than a week now, it's been hard. Lots of people have been coming out telling fantastic stories about the gentleman himself. Uh, a lot of tribute throughout the show. It's this, really heartwarming. This whole show was a tribute to him himself. Yeah. They started off with the Tim Bell salute, which he deserved. Um, Imme- they immediately everyone. opened the show. They didn't even have any kind of introduction. or uh, well, they, didn't have a, they did, did they have a package? They had one they introduction, had and package. it was Jim Ross saying, it's Wednesday. Oh, you don't know what that right. means. That's, right. um, that's the only introduction that they really needed. Oh, the <clears throat> that ball in my throat will never go away. <laughs> no, never. That not, it, it's hard. That, um, that, w- that one, when Jim Ross said that, I got choked. Like, yeah. I am now. I'm choking up now. Yeah. It was like, oh, Jim, you knew exactly what to say. Yeah. Um, so they did the proper thing. They gave him the 10 bell salute. Um, his wife was there. Both of his kids were there, Brody Jr. and Nolan. Uh, Brody Jr. was in a tailor suit just like him, and his younger son was <laughs> in a singlet just like he had. Yeah. Uh, same kind of pants. It was just like a onesie like his shirt. Uh, it was really cute with all the stitching on it. Looked like he had numbers on it, like he would be a member of the Dark Order. Um, which he is <laughs> the youngest member, probably. Johnny Hungy. <laughs> yeah, the tiny Hungy. Oh, tiny Hungy and the negative. Well, we'll get into that, but yeah, they um, they did a beautiful Tembo salute. Everyone mm-hmm. was um, very emotional. They did officially sign Brody Lee Jr. to a contract, yep. which I am thrilled that Tony Khan actually did the right thing and is supporting his family. I'm like, holy shit, this kid is eight years old and making six figures, okay? <laughs> <laughs> making more money okay. than me? <laughs> but it's not making just him, it's his whole than family. Than most of us. But, you know, um, this is and a beautiful it's tribute. the best thing that you can do out there. So thank was, you, Tony. Thank, yes, you thank you Tony. to the AEW execs for making this possible. Everyone um, there. On TNT... At AEW, we're thankful. As fans, like we're really, really proud and happy to be standing behind a company and believing in a company that would do such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole um, night was amazing. I've seen tribute shows, guys, yeah. and this was the most emotional one to me ever. I've lived through Benoit Guerrero. Um, I, Did people cry as much as this? You know what? 
Yeah, people cried, but it yeah. wasn't like this. Uh, it, it was different for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, go figure this happens once a generation where you see that devastation and that heartbreak from that current current legend. Like, and they're such a high... Uh, such a high position within the company and they're on such a roll okay. like it's such a devastating thing to see um and i yeah. even mentioned earlier of all people who should be by amanda's side right now should be vicky guerrero because she is the one who is in AEW and who's been through all this tragedy already yeah. so very sad uh the moxie was the first person to talk which i think is great personally yeah it was um, a great opener the man who's been the face of the company for God knows how long at this point. Uh, he held that title for a while and he was the first person to actually say face. And the second person was the very first champion. So I feel like they started the show with one champion and ended it with another champion, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. He was the last person to actually speak, no, get, speak in was. a package. Sorry, I meant in a package. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so he was talking about how everyone... Wow, I can't even talk about this. <laughs> Just about how amazing fans are coming out, supporting him so much. Um, talked about how Brody used to like to stir the pot just to bust people's <laughs> balls. Yeah. They were wrestling in armories and bingos and made it to giant stadiums like WrestleMania. Wow. Like on the big stage. Uh, talked about how he's loved being a dad and told Mox, you're going to love it one day. And he's Mox even was like, nah. That's not my life, man. I want to stay up and eat Chinese food at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and now he's about to be a dad. Yeah. And he said that the every day is a gift. Every day is special. And live every day like it's a gift. Yeah. So just remember those words, guys. Very, very heartfelt. Tough. Very heartfelt message from him. It was beautiful. Like, you, you could hear him. Um, I heard him, like, choking up from that character he plays as moxley and he became you know himself everybody humanized themselves exactly and this is something that i really um appreciated and it was my first witnessing of it because i never got to experience the eddie guerrero or many other wrestlers in the past owen owen hart um i haven't gotten to experience those kind of tragedies where it's just like the sudden death uh, so this is my first, and this is definitely an emotional one. The way Moxley was talking, I like I couldn't like there there. This is probably the longest I've cried since like ET. <laughs> <laughs> I I um. It was oh, everybody's speech was just so eloquent, beautifully said, and so genuine, and that's where. It was like, yo, they're not even being a character. They're legit, like, everybody's being themselves while having the character's attitude. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was really beautiful. And I really enjoyed um, Moxley's speech. There was not a single dry eye in the house. And, you know, even Jericho said during the night, you know, he we had Jericho on commentary for the night. And he said, you know, this is going to be a very cathartic night. And this is exactly... This is exactly what I felt it was. It was mm-hmm. a very, very cathartic night. We needed this. It was a not just grievance and mourning, but it was also celebrating his life. It was all it exalted was... wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all exalted wrestling in honor of the exalted one. 
So, um, you know, with the, with this whole night, we're not going to do any ratings because these are matches that were created by the young Brody Lee Jr. Mm-hmm. Also known now as the negative one. Along with Tony Khan. Yeah. So they combined these matches together and he set this up. So these are basically like dream matches. And our first match of the night was the awesomeness of Hardy Party versus the Young Bucks with Colt Cabana. Now, uh, Private Party is starting to actually show heelish. You think so? They're showing like heelish uh, characteristics, but they're not there. It's like... You know how they say the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? Yeah. They're, like, on that fence, and they're teetering toward both sides, I feel uh, like. I don't so know. it's like they go either way, um, more and more towards the match. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like they are sticking to their own ways, sticking to their actual good guy ways, uh, not trying to be in the same boat as Matt Hardy. Yeah, Matt Hardy's the only douchebag in the thing right now. What you mean? Like, A douchebag. <laughs> you, know? um, you know what? Like, he... He um is the only one kind of basically stirring the pot between the two kids in private party, you know. But like, this is definitely they were definitely the face because Young Bucks and Colt Cabana had to be the heels. No, Hardy Party were the heels. Were how could that Cause be? Matt well, no, a, right, Ma- because Matt Hardy's Dark a heel. Is currently face. Yeah, right? and so are Young Bucks. Bucks are, young Bucks are neutral. They're going against everyone. I don't know nothing. They're going against right. everyone. Well, they go, went against Top Flight, who are super, super babyface, and then they go against the acclaimed. Well, so it's you like you could mark me on that one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. You can mark the fuck out. This was definitely oh. <laughs> okay, you. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Cole Cabana had a lot of great chance. He was. He was. Um. He came out crying, bro. And like yeah. I fucking. I died, man. Like John the minute, Silver broke The me. minute I saw everybody, Coca-Cola, John Silver, Stu, everyone, Anna J. Evil Uno had no makeup on underneath. Evil Uno was like, there's no point of wearing black makeup because it's just going to be rubbing his eyes all night. And I don't blame anyone for crying. Like, this was a really emotional night. And we're missing, they were all missing a best friend. Yeah. You know, but um, this match was actually really great. I really loved every single match, and this is also why I can't rate nothing because everybody brought their A game. Yo, everybody brought their A game exactly. Like I completely agree. They, everyone pulled out every fucking move they can nail, any finisher, mm-hmm. any kind of uh, crazy hot reversal. tag. Everyone had a hot tag, and it was awesome everyone like, did was, have a hot tag yeah everyone was fucking awesome everybody exploded this was no typical like oh this is person is the grunt and this person is the grunt no everybody was a grunt everybody was a hot tag and it was awesome like i really enjoyed it because everybody brought their role see and i'm, I'm see glad that you actually just described that because this is very similar to the style that uh new japan holds for their really? for the six-man tag matches yeah this is exactly how their tag team championship matches would be. So they'd be like this explosive. Yeah, completely. Wow. Like just like how this was. Just trying like trying to get me to watch more guys. No, nah, not really. <laughs> I'm I'm just talking in general. This is how. That's the same way that the, what was it? John Silver, Hangman Page, and Alex Reynolds match was like very explosive. Everyone you know, was everywhere. Everybody. Like everybody was on their A game. Like, uh, not a step missed. You know what I like too is that I like they didn't overdo it. Like, they didn't make it obvious. Okay, 
We knew how, we knew Dark Order was going to be winners of the night, obviously, right? The whole night. We knew that. But they didn't make it that very far predictable. They made it really close. They made it. They made these really close ways where they they had you pinned like, oh, shit. Could could they really have a loss for the night? Would I they actually, really make them lose? I did think that uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy were going to win at one point in this yeah, match. Yeah, in the beginning? It, um, no, more towards the end. It was uh, before Colt hits the skyscraper. Well, I mean the first match of the night, my bad. Yeah. Um, it was at a point where uh, Matt hit like a twist of fate and then sends Cassidy and uh, Mark Quinn up to the top ropes and... At that point, it looks like they're gonna take advantage and hit Nick on the oh, like floor, they were gonna do, and they were gonna do like their mo- their moves together. Yeah, like high flying moves off the top rope. And at that point, Matt Hardy gets hit into the rope by Nick Jackson and causes uh, to collapse. I think it was Cassidy to fall. Okay. And it's like right before then, I, Private Party and Matt Hardy had the ball rolling. They had the ball in their court, so it actually kind of seemed like, oh shit, they're in trouble. They're actually gonna lose the match, but yo, Cole Cabana comes in, has a crazy hot He's tag. He's a little fucking tag. crazy yo, little fucker. All night I was like, boom, 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 the music, Cabana, Cabana. Yeah. <laughs> I was loving Cole Cabana so much. He gave his complete heart into the entire match. He was, yeah. he was wonderful. He shined so for out of everybody in the match, he shined the most. And it wasn't just because they focused a lot on him; it's that he really delivered a lot of shit. That I'm like, whoa. He's he's a, he's an undercard that I feel like he's very you know he's a hidden gem kind of mm-hmm. thing. I see him being really explosive later on, but he's definitely gonna be up there. He's still like one of those little like munchkins from the lollipop guild inside the <laughs> or the inside the cult you know dark order. But you know, <laughs> like, for me the highlight of this match was like, Colcomano. You know, definitely, yeah. You I see, see him, him. I see him escalating in like. Um, not escalating, sorry. I see him, like, kind of getting more recognized as, like, a higher... Like, I'm, yo, all I could think is higher-ranking officer at this moment. <laughs> 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 like, like, that's really, um, like, uh... Oh, I'm at a loss for words, because I'm just so confused. Maybe he'll get his rank and get his number. Put it oh, that way. Oh, there you go. Okay, you know, maybe he he'll get his number. number. He doesn't have a number. Holy shit, so there no, you go. Colt maybe doesn't have a number. Maybe he'll get a number. And Maybe he'll be quote fully five. Yo, no, because we already have five. Or cult forties. Nah, that would have been funny. A cult forty, a cult forty-five. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, but let's see. I'll, let's see what his number could be. I mean, he could cult. be the number forty-five because mm-hmm. Anna J is ninety-nine. Yeah. Which so, we did find out that's because of Wayne Gretzky. But is he gonna like get copyright infringement? Code forty five. Big company gonna be like, hey, now. I don't know. Then Depends Cole on how you spell come it. Out with, then he gonna if come write, out with forty five. <laughs> if you make it C U L T instead of C O L T, then you get away with it. it I don't there's know. ways around things. I don't know, but let's see. Anyway, it was just like bullshit. So like I was saying, besides Cole Cabana, the highlight of this match for me was mm-hmm. Matt Jackson versus Matt Hardy. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Um, that's that something I'm looking forward to fun. in the future. Uh, Matt versus Matt. Matt versus Matt. There was a point where Matt Hardy actually gets hit with the twist of fate by Matt Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Hardy also hit he the twist it. of fate on Matt Jackson as well early on in the match. They exchanged it. Yeah, so it's yeah, like right. they're setting up their feud a little bit more. They're always calling Matt a dick now in AEW. Like, <laughs> Matt's just a dick. Wait, which one? <laughs> Hardy. Oh, he's such a good dickhead, though. Like, he's he's great at being this uh, megalomaniac right now. I love it. I was waiting for a megalomaniac. We're getting it from Matt Hardy. <laughs> like, 100%. You know, no, we, love we had one last year, and that one was Jericho. Well, in our first year. Go figure. I feel... I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the bigger megalomaniac was kind of MJF. Huh. See... I don't know. I could see both He's of them. He's more narcissistic than Jericho. Yeah, that's true. Jericho sometimes turns into a little whiny brat. He's like, yeah, hey, you stop that. You stop doing that. You stop talking to me the way you talk to me. I'm like, oh, that's how you come back. That's how you come back. MJF sometimes be having words, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. But, um... He is really great. And, uh... This... Well, coming back to this match... It was really awesome. I love the finishers. I love the way they ended it. I love the way Cold like did the Superman pin. Oh, after the skyscraper. Yeah, is that what it, is that what Young Bucks did? Um, did no, that's what he did. Oh, um, it's called skyscraper. That thing oh, right, where right, he right, keeps right. him, puts him onto their on his shoulders and drops between the ropes. Right, you had to explain that to me yeah. during the night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right after that, he did it on Cassidy. Yeah. It was? Yeah. And then he did the Superman on Quinn for the for the win. Yeah. So I was like, yo, that shit is crazy. You know, the, the whole match, though, the whole match was full uh, of fucking great highlights. There was different. a point where Matt Hardy actually hit uh, the twist of fate. Cassidy hit... Uh, what you was said it? that already. <laughs> no, but they actually, actually, go, they actually went through with this one. Um, Matt Hardy actually hit the twist of fate, then Cassidy hit the shooting star press. Okay. And then there was a swanton bomb. Yeah. All in uh, sequence, but that wasn't even enough to make the Young Bucks. No. They gave him that whole thing, yeah, and the Young Bucks was still, like, fighting hard. So, uh, after the match, we had celebrations. Lots of celebrations. And... (laughs) Yeah, we had negative one and five at ringside. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, the claim came out, they tried to spit words, but before they were able to... SCU came out and jumped them. Yeah, they jumped them right in the middle of freaking rapping. <laughs> like, before they even were able to say anything. They're like, made, no, no, no. That was cohesive, at least. So, uh, they tossed them into the ring. Cabana hits them with a double boom, boom elbow on their heads. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Let me say, wait, Elbows. <laughs> Elbows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope that they do something with Cabana with boom, boom, boom. Let me say, Cabana, Cabana. <laughs> Just saying, just saying. Make it happen, guys. Make it happen. So lots of chance for Colt. Um, it was his Jericho Cruz thing. It was his night to shine for himself. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they gave him the spotlight for the first match. I really am. Me too. Um, like I keep saying every week, setting the bar. This set the bar for me for the night. Um, emotion, emotionally for the night and physically for the night. Yeah, emotionally, yeah, definitely. And even telling every, a story within the match itself. Every which way, yo. Metaphysical, physical, like, every... Spiritual, every which way. Because, yo, you could... There was weird times. Were we... Did I have... Did I have a gummy that night? <laughs> did I? I'm not sure. You might have. If I... Okay. I don't remember if I did or not. Did I drink 
clothes? Oh, you had a lot of white clothes that night. Okay, so then I yeah, drank. So then I didn't have. Okay, so then I didn't have a gummy because I either have one or the other. But um, I had drinking that night, so there was a little bit of influence there, guys. But um, when I'm inebriated, I see auras a lot more. So the whole night, I was just like, everybody is in different shades of like magenta or blue or purple. There was some greens, and it wasn't lighting or anything. It was legit like when people broke down crying or whenever there was like this one spark. It happens like weird. I see it weirdly, but it was such an emotionally driven night. And it was um, Cabana Shine Magenta that night. Did Darby Allen shine any color? Darby, well, it was hard to tell because he has such a a sharp blue light on him already. Mm. So it was hard to really make out. Um, It was easier to make out whenever they're in the middle of the ring. When Mm. they're not, like, in a spotlight of something. Um, But, yeah, this uh, was a great highlight for him. I loved it 100%. It was a great match. I hope to definitely see it again sometime to, like, uh, see Colt Cabana shine again like this. Yeah. Um, so after this match itself, everybody was cheering for Colt. Um, yo, he had chance all night. It was beautiful. Um, the way that he looked so proud and, but the tear in his eye, that's what got me. The crying fucked me up, bro. Like I cried so hard because of him. I cried harder because of him, I should say. Mm. So, uh, after that, we had another package, another, uh, another, how can I say this segment? I guess it would be a segment, a little package, um, about Darby Allen talking about Brody Lee. So uh, he was talking about how he always just wanted to go one on one with Brody since night one. Yeah, he actually had no makeup on too. Yeah, he, he like straight face. He was like completely a hundred percent himself, and mm-hmm. he, yeah, he was like disappointed that he couldn't, he wasn't able to have the app, the opportunity to fight Brody Lee, and. You know, that was his number one goal. Yeah. He, he wanted to fight him. And uh, he was talking about how backstage the man had no ego. You could go up to him, pick his brain about, hey, what can I do in this match? How can I sell this? Well, that was something that he said surprised him. Yeah. He, th- he thought he would be, like, the most narcissistic person. And he realized, like, this guy has, like, no fucking ego. He's a fucking teddy bear. He was a he. I think that's what breaks my heart the most. Because you mm-hmm. see it. Like, once you really get to... This is why it's so important you guys don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Because I I judged him 100% on his look. I knew that the gimmick was there. It's not who he actually was in real life. But still, I was like, nah, he seems like the type of guy that that wouldn't be like this. And it's just... It was wonderful to see him... Like, Darby talking. And Darby talking beautifully about Brody Lee. Eloquent. Very eloquently. Like, everyone was eloquent all night. There was... So much passion and honesty that it was that's what made me like cry the most, definitely. Um, but Darby, that was his number one wish, like you said, to that get that be, match. That he would wrestle Brody Lee. So, um, the next thing that we saw actually shocked me, kind of brought a tear to my eye. What's um, that? we saw Lance Archer come out dressed like Luke Harper. Yo, you had to tell me that. I yeah. didn't even notice. That, I was like, uh, oh, you know why you didn't notice? There was no coffee stains all over the it shirt. Wasn't, it wasn't as good as Luke Harper did it. Yeah. <laughs> no copyright uh, taken over there. <laughs> <laughs> nope, but um, 
it's the cutest story behind that shirt i really appreciate it it came from cesaro and cesaro said that you know you would think that that shirt was like the ugliest dirtiest stinkiest like thing in the planet and it was Bro, uh, Brody Lee actually put a lot of effort into making sure that it was actually incredibly clean and incredibly good smelling, and you know it was the cleanest shirt you ever wanted to wear. So it smelled delicious. People said, pe- "Yeah, people said it smelled delicious." I'm like, "Yeah, that's because it's full of coffee. <laughs> it's coffee stains, guys. Coffee stains like don't come off on white t-shirts as long as you don't wash them in bleach." I think Kingston so, said he's never smelled a cleaner shirt before. Yes, it was Kingston, and it, it was just great. So when you pointed out that Archer was dressed in the classic wife dirty wife beater with the mm-hmm. jeans i didn't acknowledge that till you said it. you know what it is it's because i appreciated he was wearing it but yeah. it's like i would have loved to have seen somebody who's similar looking to Brody lee to have come out in that I okay i don't even know who i could say at this moment who could have pulled that off but um you know it was great either way to see and uh he was representing uh dark order he was representing Dark Order, a Dark Dark Order. Oh my God! Excuse me. <laughs> representing Dark Order, and he came out with Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Mm-hmm. And Numbers they one were and versus, two. yep, versus Eddie Kingston with Butcher and the Blade, and we had the Bunny on ringside as usual, like with her little screaming, little bitch, little screaming bunny butt, little ah! bitch. <laughs> um, this was a great match this one i wrote great match this was well, uh, so good before the match itself kingston came out with the mic oh, um, kingston always got something to say yeah, and i love it yeah, and you know what the mic didn't work <laughs> at all oh it did the oh, mic right. didn't work he, he was hitting it from he took the one from justin roberts yep so he was like yo cut the music he's like <laughs> i love you i miss you this one's for you Brody. and he was wearing a north carolina shirt with the number one on it like for the exalted one go figure yeah um, man. i forgot about that part so mm. that like you heard him like bawling like he was choking, choking up, up yeah like sad yo but like you said proud though you know like yeah like a lot of they're definitely proud this guy, they come from the indies together they grew up together you showed me a picture of them when they were mad young oh yeah that came from reddit thank you reddit um so uh the bell rang and Evil Uno had the ref inspect Kingston's boots. Like, yo, there's something in his boot. There's something in his boot. And, yo, Evil Uno just, like, came at him with the most slickest big boot representing uh, Brody Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, completely great pump kick to the face. Just like Brody Lee would have. He would have been so proud of him. Um, the whole ring just, like, exploded. Everybody got cheap shots in. It, yeah, it, it was, was it that was an ex- it was a brawl an that explosion became a br- that became like a backyard brawl uh, 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 almost yeah it um, was fun i, I would have loved to see them in a no holds bar match actually all six of these men they would do damage um so yo i gotta say like yeah. uh negative one and tony khan made a great fucking combination of people of of who versus who because oh, yeah. this is like it was so great to see everybody going at different cards. So it's you had Archer attacking Eddie. They all, they, in fact, no, they all attacked they, each they, other. They were all they great. They really yo. all just attacked each other. Yo, Archer took a book out of Luther's 
uh, t- took a page out of Luther's book. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, he used stew as a weapon he as a scoop slam. <laughs> then he used evil Uno, and then he looked at both of them. He's like, "Use me, use me now." Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like He's a like, little schoolboy. Do it. And <laughs> they both double suplexed them right onto fucking Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> Kingston's like, oh shit! <laughs> that was great. I that was one of my favorite parts of the match for sure. Yeah, that they was were hyped. Fun, especially they with, with Archer's like, do me, do me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, oh man, that like was you great. said, like everybody was a great matchup. Blade and Stu Grayson oh, could put on a hell of a fucking combination right there. They were very interesting together. I was like, oh. That's something different. Blade is another one that's an undercard that is um he's a hidden gem too. I don't think 100%. that there's I don't think that there's a single I'll be honest, not a single jobber on this like division. Because no, not with this. even the jobbers are like really fucking good. Like they don't perform like jobbers. Now you'd have to watch Dark to see the bad jobbers. Aw, well, yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, like, people that get pushed under to, like, get everybody yeah, else up and ranked. like, I don't want to put people under the bus, but, like, I'd say, like, a Joey Janela. Exactly. Like, like, you know, you get people that get pushed down. Private party. Exactly. They, uh, you know, they even... Uh, Jungle Express. They even made mention about their rankings in, during BTE. Yeah, they... <laughs> uh, private party. Matt Hardy called them jobbers. Oh, did he? I thought he was, like... Who oh, said no, I no, he, they he told their grandmother that they're... Gra- Told their grandmother that they're jobbers. Yeah, well, we 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 acting like a couple jobbers right now. Like that's what I thought Isaiah said that. Something like that. Oh uh, well, anyway, I'm not verbatim. Not verbatim. I don't no. remember. But um, coming back to this, it was uh, this match was a lot of fun. I really liked um, how Eddie Kingston and Uno did a really great matchup together. Uh, my, well, I like how matchups. Archer and Blade were out together. Yo, talk about the bunny and Jake the Snake. They were both playing heel cards at the ringside. They were both like sweeping the legs for each other's opponents. Oh, that's right. That's they were mirroring right. each other. Jake the Snake like, he even pointed at her and was like, you can do it, I can do it. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh my God. He called her out on her shit. Like, mm. oh, if you're going to be slick like a bunny, I'm going to do the same thing, you know? So we had... um. Oh man, we even had at one point Jake the Snake actually pulling out the fucking uh, discus lariat. Oh yeah, he did that after of, the match itself. After in order for really, yeah, that yeah, was that was the after the match. match. Yeah, that was really fun. I like went straight to it because like I didn't I didn't have any notes for these for this match. I was crying way too much. Mm-hmm. I was paying attention to everybody. I loved watching everybody's performance because. It was legit that captivating of a night. Yeah. If you guys don't ever want to watch AEW, you don't have to. But if you ever want to watch a show where you could see people perform at the best that they can, I will highly, highly, highly recommend this over any pay-per-view, any show that we have watched so far from AEW. Like, I completely love this show. It was so great. Um, Because, yo, like you said... There was this little tit for tat, like in the side of the ring. You had people in the audience, like completely um, cheering and booing. Throughout it was the whole so night, everybody paid homage to Brody Lee. Everybody Every single had person. a different type of move. Stu Grayson used. hit the yep. big bus slam. Oh, that's right. Just like Brody Grayson Lee did. Used that. I was like, oh, he's so little, and he did this big ass move the way uh, Brody used to do it. Evil Uno and Eddie Kingston. That that's an interesting combo for me. That's, That's what I was saying before. Yeah, face like up. they were really weird. Uh, they were really um, kind of a, a little unorthodox, and like they were weird. 
But I like I would be interested to see them going further because they would be interesting as submissionists for sure. I would uh, like to see where Uno would go at it against a higher card like Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So uh for me the hi- highlight was Stu Grayson for this yeah. whole match. Yes, yeah, Stu. Wow. Stu, uh, Stu, 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 So, the whole match was fantastic. Everybody had their own high spots. I feel like yeah. Stu Grayson was the person who actually had the best high spots. Um, there was a point where he did a double backflip Pele kick. Um, oh, yeah. There was I a, was like, oh, let me find out. <laughs> he, uh, there was a point where, towards the end of the match, towards the finish, he did a springboard DDT onto the apron from inside the ring to the outside onto I think it was Eddie Kingston um and as soon as he did that he ran up to the top rope and helped uh Evil Uno set up the finisher the fatality oh and it was like yo he was all over the place he was had the most agility he was the person who I actually was more interested to see all the matchups with Oh, like, really? everybody was equally matched. Like, there was somebody for everybody, but I feel like Grayson was actually on level with everybody. As with, both... with all three guys instead of just... Like... One, one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he was definitely the shine of the, of the... The match itself. Match. I would agree with you. Uno... Uno gave his all, but Stu definitely had a lot more to... How can I say? He was amped up. He could... He, there was a lot more he could show off. Yeah. He's he's a lot more... he's He has more agility, and he's um, a little spider monkey. Like he, he, yeah, he is. He was all over the place. He was the smallest guy in the match, and he performed and outshined Lance Archer and Evil Uno. Uh-huh. Um, I personally loved Stu as well. I, I did love um, Archer, though, too. Like, Archer was just this big monster, this big kid, and... <clears throat> For me, the highlight of this match was definitely when he was telling Evil Uno and his dude to flip him over into the suplex on. There was on another him. thing with him actually. He uh, he wrenched the arm of I think it was uh, it was either Kingston or Butcher. It's funny we're not even mentioning Butcher that much. He was great in the match, but it's like there was no real standout he for had Butcher. A little, he had a little clunkiness. Like he did, he does, but, but he's still great. He's fast. He was yeah. really fast. But for me, he um, Lance Archer rope walked the ropes with someone's arm arm wrenched and did a backflip off the top rope after he walked to the middle of it. Oh. Yeah, like that shit was dope. Like he legit walked the top rope. Oh, oh, that's right. He like tiptoed, and then just did like a backflip onto the dude. It's like, yo, for a man his size, come on, that's crazy. The balance, right? Yeah, there. that's why I was like, I loved um, watching Archer as well because he's somebody that I wouldn't expect to do the kind of moves that he does again. Yeah. And I, we haven't seen him in a little while, so I missed him, and I really, I'm glad to see him again. And Absolutely, a great was, talent. Yeah, this was really awesome. I, I love this match a lot. I can't even say which was my favorite match of the night, but, um, this one was definitely amazing. I loved it. It was great start to an exciting They were all night. my favorite matches of the night. Yeah, this was a great start to an exciting night. I, like, it, it's, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be great. And then the next match, oh man, that's gonna be great. And then the next match, oh man, that's gonna be great. It's just like, it just kept getting better and better. You know, and, um, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's continue on. We had some. Um, well, real fast, you did mention that Jake the Snake hit the sh- short arm lariat. Oh right, right. He did hit the discus lariat. Yeah. That um, Kingston got hit with an elbow from every single member of. Uh, oh, that's right. They all the gave him the elbows <laughs> in honor of Brody because he used to do the elbow like crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he hit that lariat. Yo, Jake the Snake can move still. For a big dude. Yeah, it was For like, someone oh. that's got CPOD and he's overweight, he can move, yo. He, well, he, he did that swift. move really well. He yeah. just looked like a snake. He's, yeah, he's snake. Snake. Like a snake. Um, after that, there was a beautiful package about Brody Lee again. Um, yeah. This one was from Bryce uh, Remsburg, the referee. Oh, my God. Dax, Arn Anderson, Cole Cabana. Bryce uh, was the first one to talk, mm-hmm. and he was. He couldn't even hold himself together. He was like a kid at a funeral that lost his dad. And it was so incredibly, like, heartbreaking to see how he was. He was, he, you know. Brody Lee didn't just touch on wrestlers, he touched everyone. <clears throat> and he really made friends with everybody. And Bryce talked so beautifully about him. I, I not only Bryce, Dax killed me. Yeah. Dax, I was like, I fucking hate Dax. I hate <laughs> FTR. But yo, they had the most beautiful words. Like, I wrote down beautiful words from Dax Shepard and Bryce Kingsburg. Like they, oh uh, sorry, I said Kingsburg. <laughs> sorry, Rensburg. Um, even though we had words from Arn and Colt. Yeah, Bryce I... was talking about how... Uh, oh, my God. Bryce killed him, man. Yeah, he was talking about how, basically, uh, Brody wasn't all about wrestling, like you said. Brody, yeah, Brody talk about was well. talking more about, family. like, family stuff. Mm-hmm. And he actually said that, like, in wrestling dads, he would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Yo. Yeah, if there was a Mount Rushmore of dads... That's a big thing. You, Brody you, Lee should be on that. You got Tully in that company with them. You got aren't in that company you got a lot of dads in that company to put you Brody know, Lee up there and that's an honor that, and, that know, is an honor we have a lot of people that have been around for many decades mm-hmm. and Brody has only been around for short for four, four short ones and you know that it shows you how much of memorable, an impact though. a person makes because memorable yeah like he, you for people to put you on a pedestal like that it's like Wow, a man that man. no one could talk any bad you, about. Right. You couldn't. You could only talk so highly about a person. And it's because that's how much love he extended out to everyone. That people are now upset and crying because they're not going to get that love right now. Like physically the way we're used to in this kind of world. But um, it was it was beautiful words from them. They killed me. I was like, I just finished crying. I... <laughs> I, I, I Put, I, I need a new tissue. I need a new tissue box. Okay. <laughs> but it was a gorgeous, beautiful tribute. I couldn't think of, like, more beautiful words that people could say. So, the next match. Yeah, man. The next I'm match. Just, <laughs> like, I, I'm going to keep the ball I'm rolling. I'm trying to hold it together. I'm, I'm going to keep the ball rolling. Um, we're going to talk about a little cannonball. His name is Johnny Silver. Um, oh, man. Johnny Johnny Hungy. Uh, uh, Johnny Hungy. Some... Skittle Boy. Mustard Boy. Um, bottle, bottle kick, top, bottle, bottle top boy, now. bottle <laughs> kick, bottle kicking boy, um, BT champion. So it was John Silver, 
Alex Reynolds and Hangman Page yeah. versus MJF Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. With Wardlow on the side. Wardlow on the side, <laughs> chilling, chilling. Wardlow on the side. Um, MJF was wearing the Puerto Rican trunks. Oh my god. And I, yo, a proud and powerful headband. Wardlow was holding the award mm-hmm. while freaking Santana and Ortiz make MJF turn around to reveal that he is indeed wearing the Puerto Rican flag undies. On his ass. I was like, oh, on his ass. No. Do you feel disrespected by that being on his ass? I feel disrespect to MJF for it. Okay. I don't trust MJF. He's getting the rub just by wearing it. Man, you I see don't... that? <laughs> see, he's a good heel. But yeah, man. Oh, this was another really fun match. I couldn't. Uh, this one had me like on my toes. It was great to watch Johnny Silver, of course. Who was wearing the same jacket and Alpha Brody Lee bought for him. Yeah, by the way, that we spoke about a, last week. He had a Johnny Hungy version outfit. Man. I thought it was so cute. I, he came out and he came tough. He came out tough acting like Brody Lee did, you know? He didn't come out joking like he normally does. Like, he came out hard. No, he came out legit. Like, he's like, I'm here and you better fear. The Johnny Hungy is hungry. Mm-hmm. So I like that they opened it with them all being equipped with rolled up papers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a full on Western. Oh, 100%. This is really great. They smacked the shit out of Santana and Ortiz Yo, with them. They smacked Santana and Ortiz like those papers were chanclas. Yo, and they know, how, they know how to sell that. They've been selling they, that them whole lives. Yep. They did. If they didn't <laughs> sell it, then their mamas gave them more. Ay, mami. No me That's enough. <laughs> no. They have it. But yeah, it was great to see Dark Order using papers because this is something that Brody Lee used to do a lot on BTE. Always whacking John Silver, Evil Uno, anyone he can who would piss him off with papers. Alex. Alex. <laughs> he, would just, he would hit a lot of people, mainly those three. Five. Five a lot. Oh, Gru- Stu? No, five. Stu is two. Oh, I'm sorry. Stu is two. Stu is two. Stu is two and two is two. Um, five is uh, Alan Angels. There you go. Who was accompanied with the negative one at ringside all night. Yeah. He stood with him, stood by his side all night. Um, five and I'm dying were by him by all, all night. Yep. So, with this whole rolled up paper business um they were out of the ring and everything hangman page was oh my god jericho was retarded he's like that's a weapon you could get a paper cut jericho and jericho was trying to see what was on uh mjf's headband the whole time acting like an old man what's on his head then what's he wearing on his head he was the whole time what's he wearing yeah that was funny he didn't represent jericho at all no just saying he even mentioned in, on commentary while, you know, he was saying things. He was, like, mentioning that, oh, you know, he got that award. And it's okay if I'm not in that award. It's okay if I'm not mentioned. That's all right. I was part of it. People know. People here know. You know? But, like, uh, you know, you can still hear that. Jericho's still a little salty about it. Um, I, What I liked hearing was everybody pop with uh, Hangman Page using the papers on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Nobody expected him to. Because Brody used that on Hangman. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it was a very, oh, moment. I, I Fucking say. <laughs> Hangman Page. Um, 
Fuck Hangman Page. Fuck Hangman Page. <laughs> so, uh, the inner circle worked well together in this match. Completely. Um, I, I don't know why MJF can't work well with Jericho. Um, at all. Because he can work well with Santana and Ortiz. It is the biggest conundrum to me. Oh, I think that's the point. Uh, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, oh, I definitely think they do. They have it's to be doing this off. on purpose. It's pissing me off. Because it's like, yo, Jericho doesn't ever wrestle bad. And he put him with MJF, and he wrestles like shit. He wrestles great with Hager. Like, Hager and him were rising through the ranks at one point for the tag team division. And it's like, nah. Nah, it's just crap to me. But, uh... Do you, th- do you ever think, um... You ever, you ever think maybe MJF finds him intimidating? So he kind of underscores or undersells? Maybe. Or do you think it's that Jericho doesn't perform well with MJF? I, I think it might be a little bit of both. Okay. I think it's like they're both not giving their all. For me, I feel like Jericho's trying to sell it, but MJF don't know how to um, keep selling it. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I think they're okay. I don't. I haven't really acknowledged it in that way. Like you said, I just find them boring together. They're not exhilarating. They're not fun. Like. Uh, I think and, I think that's part of the proud and powerful and MJF together. Like they were fun. They were exciting. They were exhilarating. Yeah. And what about MJF with Guevara and uh, they, was it Wardlow? Yeah, yeah they Wardlow. were they were a good team together. <clears throat> okay, and then you know, and he did good with Hager. What does that say? That's that's I, I totally on purpose. I hate it. I hate it. I love it. Don't I, I think don't undermine great. your stars. Don't undermine your talent like that. There are plenty of companies that already do that. We don't need another one like that. I don't know. I think it's great because Jericho is the person that usually boosts everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not boosting MJF in the way we think. Why? Okay. MJF is his hype guy. I think his tower is definitely going to start crumbling down. Mm. MJF is building his tower out of little haystack sticks, little toothpicks, and it's going to fall down when Jenga. he goes. Jenga. Jenga. Bingo. So, uh, all right, there was one point in the match, which I don't know if it was a botch. But, yo, Hangman did not land right at all. Oh, um, I didn't catch that. Yeah, you did Proud and Powerful that that uh, held up Hangman Page mm-hmm. for, like, a reverse, like, scoop slam, basically. Yeah. And, like, a back body drop. And MJF comes and slides underneath and, like, does a stunner. When they flipped him, his neck just didn't look like it landed the right way. His oh. head just looked weird. He was holding his neck like he landed fucked up. Oh. So that that kind of scared me a little bit as a oh, spectator. Right. I'm used to seeing blood and guts. That shit doesn't affect me, but seeing something like that nah, dude. kills me. Muscle tears yeah. are painful. Yeah, you don't They're need someone out painful. like that. Yeah. Like, look how long fucking uh, Chris... What's her name? Skylander? Statlander. Statlander. Look how long Chris Statlander's been out for. Yeah, man. Almost a year now. You know, so uh, dang, I haven't even noticed it has been like a year. My mm-hmm. goodness. So highlight of the night was John Silver. Overall, of course, like overall the whole night. Um, he wasn't the performer of the night, but he was overall hot tag of the night. Who would you say is the overall performer of the night? The exalted, not the exalted one. Uh, the negative one. I gave it to Brody Lee Jr. You're gonna give it to Brody Lee I gave it to Brody Lee Jr. Because you know what? He made an appearance during this match. He made something happen during this match which helped them win. 
That's right. We actually had like Jericho, uh, sorry, uh, MJF on the side. Yep. And he was screaming at Negative One. Flipped him off, yo, at one point. He flipped him off. An eight-year-old kid. Off, he ripped off his, uh, he, he takes his mask. Well, no, he started attacking him. Yeah. And this is where we had a very special appearance come out. Yeah. Um, With this, we both flipped out. We both flipped the fuck out. We're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I was hitting Derek so much. I'm surprised that he didn't like freaking uh, discus Larry at me to the wall. Like, I should have <laughs> like, like, pulled a page out of your book and hit you with your chunkla. Yo, you should you should have like rolled up the papers. I had like stop it because <laughs> I was so hyped. I definitely didn't expect this to happen. You, I, I'm pretty. You sounded like you definitely didn't expect. This. Nah, but not one. We bit. had the you know appearance what? of Eric Redbeard. Um, Eric Redbeard. I wrote a big so, ass letter. So this was uh, the big shock of the night. This was the perfect way for him to make his first appearance in AEW. It. Is not him being signed with all elite wrestling guys, just putting it out there first. Yeah, we were mentioning this first because we don't want people saying, Oh, well, you guys said that he, they're signed. He's no. not signed to AEW, he made an appearance. an appearance because you gotta honor the man. He's honoring Brody Lee, and he you have came to out to defend. Him. Yeah, he came out to defend. Um, negative one, he ended up choke slamming Wardlow. Um, yeah, at this point, Wardlow. Interfered in the match itself. Uh, he. That's right. He did a lariat to uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Alex Reynolds. It was actually Alex Reynolds. He mm-hmm. hit a close on on. Yo, he, Eric Redbeard, did a claw slam, which is a claw on the face. <laughs> yeah. The claw, and like <laughs> it's a choke slam, straight down onto Wardlow, like it was shit. Yeah. Like it, it ain't nothing. He. He picked him up like he was a sack of oranges. <laughs> Switch from potatoes to oranges. Yeah, a sack of oranges. But yeah, now. like oh man, it was crazy to see that. Um, they started brawling into the back. Oh yeah, they ended up brawling to the back. They ended up getting it, taking it backstage. Mm-hmm. And then nice little have, hint, nice little like sprinkle. Yeah, you know? like oh, like you know, here, this is how we're gonna get him away from the ring now because yeah. he's not gonna be involved with the the wrestlers. He only came to do this one thing: get Warlow out. Then we had Hangman coming in with the buckshot lariat. We had um, MJF. MJF putting Ortiz right. Like he, he actually he, saved Ortiz. By yeah, he put his, his he put his foot on the rope. He put his foot on the rope. I put his. I was about to say his rope on the foot. <laughs> you put the rope on the foot. You put, put the, the foot on the rope. It doesn't matter. Put the nut in the coconut. Okay, to break the count. Uh huh. And we ended up. Um, Brody Lee. In the meantime. Yeah, MJF was on the sidelines. Arguing with Brody Lee Jr. Yeah. Like, you're stupid, yada this, yada that. And, you know, he hits Yo, Brody he Lee. talking Brody shit. Brody Lee Jr. hits him with a fucking kendo stick. Yep. Right over the Straight fucking head. Straight across the face. I um, was like, oh! At this point, John Silver is in the ring. He hit the discus clothesline on Ortiz, who was just hit with uh, Buckshot Lariat previously. Right. So... That's double finishers right there. Yeah, he, this was happening so fast. He hit that discus clothesline in honor of Brody Lee, and he hit the win. We, I knew he was going to get the win for this match. He had to get the win. Yeah, um, for sure. He's baby boy, you know. Like yeah, that's that was like I feel like that was definitely his number one guy. Yeah, even though Evil Uno was there, 
John Silver is probably the number one person. For yeah, him. he's second in ranking of like those people that you just want to hang out with, that you love having a good time, and they it, just want to make what? people happy. Besides the Wyatt family, I will put Johnny Silver up there. Aww. Definitely, he being that handful of people. Um, I put all of Dark Order. So I uh, put all of AEW. I can't even pick anybody specifically. <laughs> But, yo, I love it because uh, at some point Jericho was like, how many guys does it take to take out the inner circle? And I wrote, one hungry boy. (laughs) (laughs) That was John Silver. It was, you know, after the win, he broke down. He was all tears. He was in fetus position. Yeah, Aubrey came over and she... uh, she had a beautiful, like, a uh, hugging to him. Everybody came over to him and I reckon Redbeard came back out. He had a sign with oh, him. Oh, Eric had a... Yeah, he brought out a cute little fan sign. It said, goodbye for now, my brother. I'll see you down the road. And... Yeah, he was crying. I, like yo, a, everybody I never, cried. And I everyone. Like, we <laughs> like, it was bittersweet. I, it was sad, but it was just bittersweet. Like, it, 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 you, you shouldn't have to have to debut in a new company like this right if he was doing this for a teaser appearance that he's coming to AEW or that you know he's gonna make a kind of connection with AEW soon this is heartbreaking and the minute he came out and go on sorry yeah no it's okay uh the minute he came out with the sign and he pointed at it and John and everybody like I forgot who it was. I think it was Johnny Hogie that came to hug him. Yeah. He like had the most bawling face. Like he was just like, oh, like you could see so much pain. He was actually like, he was actually kind of not a red. It was like a dark pink. It wasn't quite magenta. It wasn't pink. It was a dark pink. It wasn't quite red, but he was. I was oh my god I lost my shit when he started crying I had to like <laughs> like I was I was hyperventilating watching him cry that's how bad I was crying I was like holy shit this is such an emotional thing and an emotional match I love that nobody tried to hold back yeah nobody tried to hold back their you tears you, nobody was like no I'm gonna to. man up and not cry you know they were like I'm gonna get my shit together to do this match but there was no like there was no sign of them showing that crying is weakness. I mean, That's the only I person that would most. would be Brody strange. Lee, who who would be saying, "You, you crying, you little bitch." No, you laughing, you little bitch. You, you laughing because <laughs> that's what he would say. You like, la- oh no, he did say you crying, right? Yeah. You crying? <laughs> you crying, little bitch. <laughs> oh, Brody, we're gonna miss you, man. I'm sorry, you guys. Are you hearing me hit so, my uh, um, board? I did say so, uh, okay. it was bittersweet for him to come to AW. It, it's not bittersweet. It's devastating for him to come like this. Bittersweet was seeing Brody Lee debut the way he did, with nobody in the crowd. Bro, this was just devastating. He was the exalted one yes. named. Yeah, there was no one there to like have that roaring crowd. That like that crowd. We had that such crowd a would have been though. roaring. The, that it would. You know what? He got the roaring that Brody Lee. Deserved. You would have heard them from Georgia. Eric, like- <laughs> Eric Redbeard got that cheer that he deserved. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um. So. All right, I'm just gonna touch on it. I'm, I don't want to go into it. Eddie Kingston, guys, go check out his testimonial. Go check out his uh, whatever you want to call it, his tribute. Oh my it, god! It was beautiful. I don't want to summarize it because I I don't want to do it disjustice or disservice. No, just, I understand. It's like only he could have said it. It was like <laughs> it was the most emotional tribute that I saw, 
until we saw BTE today. Yeah, and it's like salt on the wound. It's like, like yo, uh, when this guy can just talk so eloquently and so beautifully, even though he's that heel person, and it's like, even though he is that heel, he shows, yo, I'm still human. Like I can talk better than all of you guys, even when I'm being real. And yeah. it's like, just go watch BTE from today. It's called Tribute. Um, he had a beautiful speech. He rallied up the troops uh, after the show itself. Yeah, at the end of the show. He couldn't hold it together anymore. Bottom line is just tell people that you love them, guys. Tell yeah. everybody that you love each other. Eddie Even if Kingston. you hate the fucker. <laughs> no, don't, Even don't if you're have, choking the guy out, tell him you love him. Don't have remorse. Don't carry remorse with you and don't carry resentment because you never know what's going to happen. Um, for me to back and piggy off, piggyback off of that, um, Eddie Kingston truly holds like his part of his name. He talks like a king. Yep. He talks like a genuine leader, that passionate person that you love listening to him because he's full of inspiration, and love and strength and like overall passion. It, I'm, we're repeating our words all night, but that's like the way I could describe the night. It's passionate. And um, when Eddie Kingston did that speech on BTE, I w- the minute he started talking, I was like, I already know what's coming. I already started crying. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like all right, well, I might as well start the waterworks because I know they're going to leak. <laughs> you know, but he further went in and it's just like one of those, like, it's like, you know, I had a dream speech. It's that, you know, it's one of those beautiful... Never give up, never surrender. Yeah, never give up, never surrender. It's a JFK speech. It's it's all those, like, people that you've looked up to Churchill. that always wanted to bring humanity together and to bring people together. That's the kind of speech he brought. And he really made not, a, not just the... A community but a family mm-hmm. in all of AEW and it's true that they're really a family together everybody felt everything that everybody felt everybody was an empath that night Eddie Kingston was my favorite empath because you could hear in his voice in the BTE um, speech and in the Dynamite speech that he cared so much about Brody Lee he cared so much about John Huber not only as a wrestler and performer but as a friend and a man. And a family member and a man. So, <laughs> next up, we had Anna J with Ty Conti versus mm-hmm. Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Yeah, um, I don't know where they got this matchup from. Well, why they put together Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. But, um, <laughs> why? why? I don't know. It's just, it, it's a weird combination. It's a good combination, but it's a weird combination. You know, like. I don't know. I don't know. But, um... Well, who else would you put with either or... I mean, Britt Baker and Rebel. And Rebel. Reba. Reba. Um... But she's not introduced as a wrestler right now. No. No. She's only had, like, one or two matches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, but but she's very sloppy. Oh, oh, yeah. She needs a lot of training. It's not clunky. She's sloppy. She needs a lot of training. She needs some finessing. Yeah, we can't have another Nia Jax out there fucking people up. No, but, um, um, to me, this wasn't like a typical squash match. You knew that Britt Baker and Penelope Ford were going to lose. But it's like, yo, you're going to put 
a notch on Britt Baker's loss record. It's like... This, I don't think... Are, are they counting these? Yeah, this is all counting towards records. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not court towards her singles record, but it's oh. like... It's on her record. You well, know? has she done any doubles before yet? Yeah, she's done plenty. She she uh, was in a tag match where Nyla Rose broke her nose. Or, oh, or, that's right. <laughs> uh, not her nose. What was the last thing she broke beforehand? Her knee. Yeah, her knee. When she did the cannonball into her turnbuckle. Yeah, that, um, that was a little crazy, though. Like, that's a whole lot of women to fall on you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. But, you know, it was an accident, and... Uh, she took a while to make a comeback, but she did make a comeback. And, you know, even though you... I will agree, this is a little, like, weird of a matchup. It was like, instead of peanut butter and jelly, it was peanut butter and bananas. Yeah. You know, it still goes together, but it's a little... Um, Unorthodox. Yeah, it's a little different. And, yeah. you know, there are people that love pepperoni, and there are people that love ham and pineapple. Yeah. So, to each his own, I thought this was a pretty much... A fun match. Yeah. I would say it was fun. It, it was It quick. wasn't so great. You know, I, I didn't think it was the grandest of the night. This was like the... Um, bathroom break. This... Uh, bathroom break. No. I would I would rewind it just because the females were portraying a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you who would you have put them against. But I don't even know myself who I would have put Anna Jay and Ty Conti against. I, I think I actually um, would have put them against... Diamante and... Diamante and Ivelisse. Yeah. Yes. I think that that would have been a great matchup. 100%. Um, it would have been cool to see Big Swole with um, uh, Red Velvet. Okay. Um, I would even do legit Layla Hirsch with... Um, with uh, Serena Deep. Like, okay. <laughs> you um, know, instead I don't know. of... Um, what's your name? Penelope Ford. I would have done like a Nia Jack. I mean, a Nyla Rose. Yeah. Yeah, because her and Britt Baker have teamed up before in the past. So it's oh. like it. It's not so out of the blue, you know. Uh, but uh, that's just my. Well, Britt's pickings. coming after the belt the way she is. So yeah, the way Nyla Rose is. So I couldn't see that. But look, the, regardless, this was a fun match. Yeah, it was uh, fun. Penelope Ford singled out a lot. Uh. Oh, Penelope was very undershine, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Ty Conti dismantled her. I don't get the, the um, hype. I'm sorry, guys. For I her? don't get it. I don't get your hype for Penelope Ford. I don't get it. Other than her looks, all right? She's all right. Let's put looks aside. She's all she right. Need, no, she needs a new hairdo and she needs new makeup artists because I, I, she's I a mean, gorgeous girl. I mean, her All that makeup and hair is just like, ugh. I mean, and ring, she's all right. She's not great. Oh, well, performing She could hold her own. Performing wise, she could do the splits like Mofo, but you know that's I am not too impressed. Enough with, with the splits. <laughs> Enough with the splits. I'm not very impressed with her, um, but she's she's somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a person. She's gonna. I'm pretty sure she's gonna evolve like everybody else does. Conti has impressed me this match, um, though. Ty Conti was my favorite of the match. Absolutely, she was my absolute favorite of the she's whole match. She's got that judo offense. She was a feisty little. Yeah, feisty little judo ninja. She's got great uh, submissions. Um, she was fast, too. Yeah. She had a lot of great stamina and, and agility as well. She was the quick little bunny throughout the match. I feel like she uh, was definitely that shoulder for Anna Jay that she stood on. Yeah, um, Anna Jay was she had down to, a lot. She had to help hold Anna Jay up the whole match. They were both. Um, yeah, they were both. On each other. But Conti was... Um, 
holding Anna Jay for the match. Yeah. Right? Um, of course, Anna Jay won the match. She went for the Queen Slayer early on, but she ended up getting it on Penelope before in the end to lock it in to get the win. Um, yeah, she tried it on Britt Baker, right? Britt Baker, like, um, yeah, got she, out of it. Yeah, she, uh, she slid out of it. She reversed it, yeah. But that was, like, the first thing in the match that happened. Yeah. Um, a little bit midway through the match, you could tell that it, everything was affecting her. Her emotions were getting to her. Anna Jay, yeah. Yeah, she couldn't hold it up anymore. She, she was looked just like, like she was almost having a panic attack. Yeah. It was, it was really it was, um, it was sad. It was very upsetting. But yo, she did it. She won with the Queen Slayer on Ford. Mm-hmm. And you Number know, 99. this was this was a quick match. It wasn't so much of a squash match because Ty Conti did put up a lot of a fight against Britt Baker and Penelope. Yeah. <clears throat> Anna Jay did her things too, because Anna Jay to me is a much better performer than. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry for my. <clears throat> I'm so sorry for my congestion tonight. Um. Anna Jay, I feel, is a much better performer than Penelope Ford when it comes to performance level. Yeah. I feel like um, Anna Jay was able to perform a lot more moves as opposed to Penelope. Penelope, I feel like she just needs more training, whereas Anna Jay was just affected by her emotions. I kind of so, feel like they both need a little bit more training. Anna Jay's well, only Anna had Jay, like 10 matches in her whole life. Yeah, she hasn't done much. Where um, I only remember Ford has no excuse really. She's been in the game before. Uh, yeah, but Ford you is know. like I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Um, for me, Anna Jay showed the best when she did her first shot at doing the Queen Slayer on Brandy Rhodes. Like that was like the iconic moment that she made me remember who she was. Um, apart from Brody Lee personally booking her, you know. Um. You know, she took it a lot. She took it hard. And she, unfortunately, like, um, she, you know, broke down at the end of the match and everything. But, you know, we had Britt Baker coming out to kind of, like, get us back into a little bit of the wrestling. You know, like, okay, you know. Uh, she called Tony Schiavone out to the ring. She's like, come here. Come out here. And Tony, of course, is, like, going away, going all over his way to the ring. And he's there. And she's like, there's a conspiracy going on. It's a big conspiracy. This whole thing is rigged. It's all rigged. In fact, this whole thing is a big rig, winky face. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Hashtag shout out. Yeah, that's... Um, it's all shout out for the big man himself. They used to up call... Up in the sky. Yeah, they used to call him Big Rig. And uh, that's something Cody called him a lot. And Enough with the gayness. Uh, Thunder Rosa came out and jumped the shit out of her. Um, she beat the living shit out of it her. It was sweet, um, though. I liked, how she, I liked how Britt Baker was just like winky face. Y'all see how I did that? Y'all see how I did that? And then, of course, we had Thunder Rosa coming out. So, yeah, it's um, funny. The, like, Thunder Rosa was like, boom. Like, what's up? Party now. Here's, so, uh, here's a conspiracy theory. The refs theory. and Rebel had to have their own part. Yeah. And I'm all for it. They're building this up very nicely Last this might be like the only thing Rebel. like why do you keep changing her name because the name is always different on the screen every week they have a different name for her are <laughs> you serious i am dead serious have i not kept up with this for six months you haven't or more no it's always different on screen jesus christ <laughs> um this so this is why i don't get it you guys this so is why, this it's is a troll. why i'm marked. it's a giant troll it's a oh, giant troll mark. Uh, <laughs> you're taking my gifs <laughs> Derek is a troll. He likes jiffing people with, oh, hi, Mark. 
Um, yeah, when I scold people. I that's, didn't hit that's her. How I, I did uh, not. That's how I finish it. Um, so, <laughs> Jericho, like I said earlier, was the last person to have a segment that was a package. Yes. Um, he was talking about how he came to find out that he only faced Brody Lee 27 times within 10 years, which, how that's possible. Wow. That That's not a lot of times when you think yeah? about it. No, that's, that's not much. That's That's not a lot. Um, in 10 years now. Espe- no. When you're in WWE and you're oh, on the road all the time. shit. I'm not even reading that right. In 10 years? I read 10 months. No, that's 10 years. Oh my god, in 10 years. That's yeah. barely... When you're working house shows together like WWE does, when they were oh running gosh. like five shows a week, that's six shows a week. two shows a year. Yeah. Um, so he was talking about how he, he remembers stories about going to Saudi Arabia with them. How Brody would have to school him about uh, <laughs> their religion there. How there's the sign to Mecca on the ceiling. Uh, Jericho said that he thought it was like a bug or a stick or someone stuck on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, yeah, he actually told him. You know, um, he said Brody Lee was a very smart guy. Like, he knew, like, the most random things. He was like, snap a bottle. <laughs> um, he knew these random facts. And it's like, you wouldn't think that he would know something like that. But he's a very well-educated man. And that's something that was a big impact to him. He's Like, you know, he thought something that was just, like, something stupid. And he's like, no, actually, that's what this is. And he explained to him what it was. And he's like, oh, shit. Jericho's like, how do you know that? And he's like, everybody knows that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't know that. Like, I, I learned something new he's that He's like, night. well, I knew that. So, you know, but everybody knows that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, he spoke about how Brody was an exceptionally fun, funny, and smart person. Yeah. And one of the best performers in the world. And he helped bring Brody Lee to AEW, and he's proud that he did. Um, and I'm glad that he did, too. It was great to have him while we had him. I was really upset. I did not want him to be the exalted one. I wanted it to be Matt Hardy. Um, but to see the evolution that he went through from his entrance to his exit. He has done more in six months than I feel like a lot of people in other divisions have done in six years. Put this here. He left. They he left, left him on the sidelines for a year in in WWE. He left a bigger impact. While on contract. For me. For a sure. year. A year. See? They did nothing with him. See? A year. So it, you know, where he's he was appreciated and he showed his love and passion for the sport and what he does and being the person he is. It was. It was an honor for us to be able to have that. Um. The last match. The main event. Um, the number, the negative ones, dream team. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and Preston Vance from the Dark Order, number ten, ten. Uh, versus Team Taz, consisting of Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage. Yep. Um, this was a great match to me. Uh, not the match that we were expecting, because the match that we were expecting is going to be at a pay per view. Um, <laughs> that six on six tag match. Um, yeah. Just separate. Take out Darby and, uh, I mean, sorry, take out Orange Cassidy, replace Darby. You know? Take out, uh, Preston, add Sting. It's gonna be basically uh, that. You know? And Orange Cassidy with Sting yeah, and Darby. Like, That's right. Like, That's like true. Let's swap it out, you know? But we had this match because it number 10 is. Number 10, Orange Cassidy and Cody are all of Negative One's favorite wrestlers, mm-hmm. especially number 10. That's his, like, all time favorite wrestler. And this was his dream match. 
this was a six tag team match um six man tag team match <clears throat> i loved when uh preston came over to negative one to give him his jacket okay and then orange cassidy actually did his classic cassidy pound to negative one and negative one did it right back to him perfectly so it was just so great um cody and stark started off the match Great way to start it Cody off. Cody and Starks. Yeah, that was interesting to see them at it. I hadn't seen them in a little bit, so it was Since uh, the TNT nice, title. Yeah, it was a nice, like, um, comeback around. Um, Cassidy kind of refused to uh, tag Cody at one point in the very beginning. Like, Cody went to tag him, and Cassidy's just chilling there, like... Yeah, nah. Cassidy was, like, very much in sloth mode. He yeah. was not, like, really having it. Um, but it was really interesting to see how... Uh, 10 Orange Cassidy and Cody like three totally different dudes from three totally different um little groups that worked really well together absolutely I was really surprised I was actually really happy with this I liked um Preston had his time to shine I loved it he was in the spotlight oh man I love Orange Cassidy but I gotta agree with you Preston was the shine of this match for sure um you know what all of them actually had great matchups like cassidy was a perfect matchup for uh ricky starks will Hobbs was a great matchup for cody and yeah, 10 was perfect for cage um it was points where it's like oh and like they were just rolling to another set all right holy shit it's like every, no matter what happened Something just kept rolling. They kept going with the punches, and nothing missed the beat at all throughout this whole match. Very fluid. Just like earlier that we mentioned with the other uh, six-man matches, very New Japan style, very going with the flow, very high-paced, explosive matches. Okay. Um, like we said before, ten was the absolute shine of the match. Um, he of course got the win. Later yeah, on. Yeah, yo, he they pulled out spine busters and gut busters and boots and, and toots and oh my god, like he was the on fire. Big boot, of course, in honor of Brody Lee. He was on fire. Um, yeah, he did that on the apron. Yeah. Was it? Um, th- yo, there was a great point where Ricky Starks and uh, what's his name, Cody, Cody they did, they both went for the discus clothesline. Oh, they did. And it they on both each fell other. on each other. It yeah, was great. That was, that was great. really cool. That was good. That was really fun. I was like, oh, they played that off really, really well. Hobbs' interactions with Orange Cassidy was great, I thought. That was funny. Um, the, I thought that was I. That was one of my favorite parts of the match, for sure. Don't, uh... Don't, it was so funny. It don't quote like, me on this, but I think it was the first time we saw him do the shoulder tackle in AEW. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. Did he? Because yeah, he, he usually just does the kicks, right? Yeah, he went and for the shoulder rec- tackle. So what is it recently that we saw with Orange Cassidy using the shoulder Again, tackles? Dan Housen. Dan Housen. It was against oh, Dan weird dude. Dan Housen. That, that dude is eclectic. I, I love I, him. I gotta check him out. He man. is so gotta, crazy weird. He's, he is he's so weird. an intriguing character. Um, But yeah, Orange Cassidy hit the shoulder tackle onto Will Hobbs, which is great. And everybody is, oh, oh, oh. And I'm over here screaming, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hobbs did try to do the little Greco-Roman tie-up. Like where they put that. Yeah, yeah, he tried. And we got the hands in the pockets instead. Yeah. More cheers from the crowd. Um, So, yo, Starks. That was a fun interaction. Starks actually shined for me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Shockingly. Yo, he I hit don't a. Like, I don't like. I, him. You a hater? Um, he hit a beautiful tornado DDT. I'm gonna take my hater raid right now. Com- 
completely beautiful tornado DDT off the ropes onto Preston. Um, hey, I didn't say he wasn't talented. I just don't like him. <laughs> I just want to make sure that. I'm just saying. I want to make sure you guys understand that. Talent, I feel you. Talent and, and personality are two different things. Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, so, towards the end of the match, Taz went to the Spanish announce table and grabbed the chair. <laughs> and he went up to the onto yeah. the ramp and started hitting the chair on the stage. Onto the, yeah, onto and Aaron the, came with the chair it and started it, doing it too. Yeah, I'm like and, um, angry, angry chair holders. Like, what the fuck are they doing? To me, it was like two birds in the wild fluffing up the feathers. Like, oh, you're funny. <laughs> I thought of it actually kind of wild like that. Like two rhinos going at it. Like they're about to like charge at each other. Roof, like, roof. Like you know, they, they are two bulldogs. Charge. So it's like. Oh. See, so rhino, bulldog, giraffe, whatever. Like, you know, they were coming at each other. Oh, yeah, you said said birds. (laughs) Birds, George. I said birds. (laughs) So, for the finisher? Yo, this was a great sequence. Great Great sequence. Cassidy hits the slumdog billionaire on Ricky Starks. Mm -hmm. Then lands an orange punch on him. Yep. Cody hits the crossroads. Yep. Uh, Vance hits the spine buster. Yep. And I guess the three count. Um, For the win. Completely beautiful sequence. Greatest. Not the greatest, but like a great way to finish the match itself. Um, that was a beautiful finisher. Like, it was cohesive, fluid, and perfect. It was well executed. And I loved it so much. Because it was so fluid, it could not just go down so <clears throat> beautiful like that. Hook had to come in, jump. Yo, Help jump everyone. Hook attacked my orange Cassidy. Hook yo. attacked Cassidy. Hobbs came in because Hobbs was recovering on the sidelines. And yo, Darby, D- Dadley's, I called it Darby's place. <laughs> Dadley's place became Darby's place when the lights went out. Yup. We had the lights go out. We had Darby's music playing. And we had him coming out with his classic makeup. But we had it actually, he actually added Brody Lee. Several different ways all over his white makeup face. Yeah. Which um, I fucking loved so much. I was like, oh man. That that's number a great one homage, he man. had written on him too. Yep. Um, he came out the door that Mox usually uses, by the way. Oh, no, Sting did. They both did. They came out that side door. They both came out that door? They came door? out together, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So uh, he came at, out that door at, with his skateboard on his yeah. shoulder. Leaned against the door, brooding. Brooding, as always. And Sting's music hits, and out of nowhere, it starts snowing. And we have Sting chants, and we have snowing in Florida. And uh, Ricky Starks is, like, looking around, like, why is it snowing? <laughs> yeah, Le- legit had the, like, what the fuck is this? Snow in Florida, it's Sting! You know, and we had them walking together, and they were coming over, and it was it was great. Like, they um, had, this was, this was a great way to, like, um... <clears throat> come into the night to the end like bringing the night to an end this was actually a great stare down these five on five it yeah was, this is something to like look forward to like when you have like Cody Darby Sting Preston and Orange Cassidy on one side those are all major players yeah all from major groups from within the company right then you got high rank all of Team Taz who are amazing all on their own Yep. Which we don't know much about Hook yet. We've only seen Hook Hook like pull. Oh, I haven't seen like him do New much. York style like jumping people. Yeah, I haven't seen him do anything other than that as well. So I'm excited to see what the hell happens with this. 
Um, I'm curious to see if they do a four on four with Orange Cassidy now, or if they just keep using Preston Vance. Um, but after this, it was beautiful. Uh, we had Cody get on the mic. Yeah, we had Cody give his speech. Um, uh. Cody was paying tribute to Brody Lee. He quoted a man named Samuel Johnson. I don't know who the fuck that is. But uh, the quote itself was, you can judge a man's character by, by how he treats somebody that can do no good for him. Did or you can read do that him, right? Sorry, that can do him no good. <laughs> um, okay. So it's like, yo, if you're doing good for someone that like you get nothing out of, that's how you can judge a man. You know, like, he's just doing a good deed just to do a good deed. Yeah. Like, And that's the kind of person that Brody Lee was. He would just do good to do good. Like, he didn't expect anything out of it. He didn't expect you to help him out because you helped him out. Or yeah. because he helped you out. Um, he was just an honest, giving, caring man. So, I uh... Loved, I love that Cody was the last to speak. Yeah. Um, I think it was essential, too. Not just because he's, um... Not just because of his ranking in the company. But it's because Cody was the last person that Brody Lee fought. And Absolutely. that we were able to see. And they put on one hell of a fucking performance. That uh, one of the top matches I could say of all all of AEW so far. Definitely in, in his history. top three matches of hit Brody Lee's career. Yes. I'll put it that career way. In, career. In general. Like, yeah. like, I never thought I could enjoy John Huber as a person or a character. And I completely fell in love with him as the exalted one. And it's really a shame that this happened that this you know Cody Rhodes was giving his speech and he was like shaking his head just to wipe away tears you mm-hmm. know like he couldn't wipe away the tears he was literally shaking them off there's again. no way to wipe, wipe away the tears nah yo and he oh, man like, it, it was heartbreaking it was yeah. he was talking about how we've heard stories from everyone in the wrestling world on Twitter on Instagram. Yeah, he spoke about everything. Everybody's speaking up now. Um, and he's saying that Brody left behind an amazing legacy that no one can ever tarnish. Right. And you know what? There is not a single bad thing anyone could say about him. No. Like, he's always done good for everyone in the wrestling community. He's always been that father-type figure in the background that can always go and you can always get advice from. And you yeah. can always get help from. <laughs> so, uh... He introduced Brody Lee Jr. for the first time into, into the, the ring. ring. Oh, here we go. Coming out with his father's music, with his mother. Yeah, we um, had Negative One making his debut entrance. Yep, uh, <laughs> Tony Khan and Preston Vance were with him. Yeah, and he was carrying he was carrying his dad's boots. Yep, uh, he had the boots. Uh, Cody like, took out Cody the... Cody had the bandana. Bandana to cover. So they had them come to the middle of the ring. While the music's playing, and we had Brody Lee Jr. putting the boots down in the middle of the ring, and we had Cody putting the purple bandana over the boots, and this is where we had Tony Khan come out, <clears throat> and Tony Khan... Tony Khan's an awkward motherfucker to begin with. Tony Khan is a sweetheart. He's he sweet. seems like he's... he's the most genuine, funnest nerd ever. Like, he, he seems like the most funnest guy to play video games with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's what he seems to me, but he seems like a genuine, heartfelt guy, and he came out to present Brody Lee Jr. with the TNT Championship, saying that 
He is a champion forever. Forever. The TNT, <laughs> the TNT Championship belt is officially retired, and Brody Lee Jr. will hold the belt forever. They will come up with a whole new belt, but this one is specifically for Brody Lee Jr., and it's going to always be carried with him to carry on his father's legacy. And I can't wait for this to come back full circle 10 years from now. Oh, man. Like, I would love Yo, Matt for Hardy? the TNT Championship to start getting defended. Matt Hardy's by, already teasing. You know, even though he says it's retired. Yeah. I would like for him well, to like, on. bring it out. This design is retired. Design, This okay. design is retired. They're apparently redesigning the belt. It's still oh. going to be the TNT belt. But okay. they're designing, they're retiring this design. It's going to be the Brody Lee era belt. Today I learned. Oh. Um... Now, now what you were saying, 10 years in the future, Matt Hardy's already teasing uh, Maxwell versus the Exalted One. That's what I said to you. And it's no, like... No, Matt Hardy did not predict that I did first. Well, not predicting. <laughs> he's already uh, promoting it. Oh, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But he's promoting it already. It's fantasy playing it. Yeah, he's, he's... And I fantasy played it first because I said MJF is already starting this little feud with him. He got the Kendall stick. So negative one versus MJF. And negative one is going to have his classic Kendall stick with his TNT belt being worn. And he's going to have like... He's going to be negative one with like positive five belts like he's gonna have all the belts he's gonna be tag team champion and this and that oh man I'm he's gonna be a collector like, <laughs> yeah you are i'm hyping him up right now but like i would lo- i can't wait to hey he ready be adam cole put it that way oh he beat adam cole he beat adam cole oh my god at the new year's eve party adam cole was there with Britt baker and uh and he Ad- beat him up <laughs> adam cole took the three count oh my goodness yep. Yep. Oh, that's what you showed me in the yeah. video. That was Adam Cole. That was oh Adam my Cole. Goodness. I didn't acknowledge. I thought it was actually Paige. Because yeah, Cole and Paige were separate. Were they, cut they from the same cloth. I swear to God. Yeah, Bullet Club. Um. <laughs> yeah, but they were they, this. This entire thing was just such a beautiful night. It was beautiful words by everyone. Beautiful emotions. Displayed. And when you don't think it could get any gayer, they gave you the most beautiful fucking. Oh my god. Ceremonial package in honor of the man. They did like, a beautiful video um showcasing his different times on BTE, on WWE wrestling, wrestling anywhere, yo. Anywhere he was, old school camera shit, like where his people he was doing indie stuff. You saw everything from WWE. You saw Backstage him at WrestleMania's. Yep, you saw pictures of him with Bray Wyatt. Oh man, the pictures of Bray, like the the Wyatt family pictures, those fucking, I was like gut wrenched. Um, I was, I'm choking up now again, and I'm like, yo, this is the most beautiful way you could honor and tr- and send tribute to a person. This is so beautiful. I wish this for everyone. I wish everyone in the world could have something like this. You know, like where, a good goodbye, a beautiful goodbye. Yeah, like tribute. it's it's really gorgeous and. I couldn't be more thankful to have witnessed and be part of a fan base that appreciates this company for what they do and how they genuinely represent themselves. So thank you so much, AEW. Thank you guys, our fans, our listeners, for listening to us and for supporting us. Um, definitely look at the show if you can get a chance. Yeah, yo, guys, we did no justice. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. We do no justice for this right now. We are playing it down so hard because we're just still in the feels. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, go check out BTE from this week. Go check out uh, 
AEW from this past week. Um, just check out that Kingston, uh, the Kingston, the Kingston speech. speech that he gave. Check out BTE. Um, BTE itself has plenty of backstage uh, footage from that night itself. In um, fact, last week and this week's yeah. BTE are perfect for you to be introduced for a little sprinkle of what Brody Lee was like. Yeah, last week was the pr- the tribute to the man. This week was the tribute of the tribute. Um, yeah. That just. Go love everyone, guys. Go love everyone you love and tell them hi and <laughs> you care about them. Give and hugs. And that they mean something to you. Give hugs, not hits. Give kisses, not kicks. God damn, this isn't Cobra Kai, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Well, you were binging it, so <laughs> it got on to me. But anyway, guys, find me on Twitter, demonic underscore lunacy, and on Instagram. You can find me at Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Faye. And we bid you guys a happy new year, blessed new year. May this year be better than the past. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Rest in power, Brody. Rest in power, rest in peace. And we bid you guys a good evening, farewell, and good night. Good night.